is the Ninja Rob Podcast with Marco Perazzo and Tim Carpenter. The podcast for the true martial artist. I think the fans would like to know about our significant others and maybe possibly even some of the some of their best qualities as human beings, maybe even physically, if you wanted to get into a, a you know, something physically nice about uh your dear wife, Nicolette. It's a terrible way to open the show. The first time we did it was better. Yeah, well, what do you want? It's like capturing uh, lightning in a bottle. Like, yeah. You know, you so. can't do that twice. N- no. You can only do it once, and then I have to wait like a half hour, and then I can do it again. Um. Hey-o! <laughs> so you, you, you want to know the best quality of my wife? Yes, yeah, so the best quality. Like, and if you need to describe it physically, nice and slow. <laughs> Um, my wife's best quality, aside from her posterior, is, uh... Posterior? Her posterior, yeah. Her whole posterior chain is nice. Oh. Lower back, hamstrings, glutes, everything's great. Very nice. Very strong. Powerful. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a tough one. She's got so many good qualities. It's hard to pick just one. From a personality trait. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But again, there's so many. She's such a wonderful person. Um... All you need to do is pick one out of these many. I would say, like, she's a overall, she's a she's positive and not ruled by her emotions in general. Like, she's never, I've never seen her be doesn't sound like a woman, exactly. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, Yeah, so she's like, I've never, like, if she's in a bad mood, she's like, I'm in a bad mood today. Sorry if I, if I act weird, you know what I mean? Wait, she she announces this, or yeah, she doesn't act it out. It's great. Or if she's that's really like, if we're, you know, she, she, Timothy, I am mad at you today basically that's yeah <laughs> yeah it just doesn't have to be any reason it's just she'll just be like you know i'm i hate you today so uh, hate? yeah i mean not probably not hate but well, she actually says that a lot but gotcha. yeah i think her, her overall her her overall personality is wonderful her level-headed demeanor yes that's very very uh oh i know her well yeah. so how about you mr Devin? um my girl's down to earth what so when people say that and when you say that, what's that like? When you say she's down to earth, like in the, the things that I'm around, as far as like being a photographer, party planner guy, all that, the, the model girls and all of that, they look for um, things that are outside of the means of people. Everybody that's from the hood want to live in a way that they're not supposed to. I want this kind of bag. I want these kind of clothes, shoes. My girl was not like that at all. Her th- like, she'll be like, I don't want that. Don't get that for me that's not she stays basic with certain shit mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying yeah she's just not into all the like the flashy shit is one of the best things it's not high maintenance no at all. Yeah, that's that's a big it's a big yeah benefit, that's that's you know? huge I, I think that sounds like all three of our yeah. our ladies have that and she's common. a makeup artist so like she likes to get dialed up and all of that but she's like she's one of them people that'll come home just like what that this dress only cost me 15 bucks at right, I went to Ross and yeah, 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 she's, yeah. Not, she's not on that uh, oh I gotta have a Gucci bag mm-hmm. yeah that's that's I think that's great too you know and look if you like Gucci stuff that's cool as long as you can afford it right you're not living outside yeah. of you well most of your people that live here really can't afford to spend $5,000 they, they'll do it they will but they can't but it's yeah, like, yeah, they shouldn't yeah, yeah. No. yeah you're financing something you shouldn't you shouldn't be financing yeah, yeah. for for me uh, and this boils back to something that occurred to me this week is no matter what, when I, there's a problem, right? If there's something going on where it's like, you know, the pandemic or 
an issue with business or a problem we're having, she's, she's always very like, all right, let's find a solution. Let's figure this out. As opposed to, oh, you're an asshole. I can't believe, you know, you fucked this up. And now I got to deal with this and all this, that, blah, blah, blah. Why would you fuck up? Well, I'll, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but always, you know, like in my corner, and she realizes that, that this is like a true partnership. Yeah. Right. That, you know, it's never my fault, her fault, even though I blame her for a ton of stuff. Like there's a problem. I said, you, it's your, your fault. This happened. So the, I'm teaching class and I get a text like, Hey, what time are you coming home tonight? She never texts me. I don't know. I said, I don't know why. So I needed to talk to you. Uh-oh. Oh, scary that, that, shit right. in the world. I go, what's the problem? She's like, well, you know, all those tickets you have on your car. I go, yeah. Well, they just booted and towed my car because of your tickets. I go, all right, I'll be home shortly. We'll f- figure this out. And I, I was like, if she flies off the handle and she gets upset, I completely understand because I've been at war with the parking authority, and now she. By gets at war, in. you've been. It's mostly like a guerrilla war. Like you're constantly hiding and yes, just exactly, accumulating yeah, yeah. more and more. Yeah, tickets. my my car is like the Viet Cong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, she unfortunately had 22 tickets on my automobile mm. uh, dating back to 2017. That's not that. No, but I had a good run because I know yeah. what to do. What I don't do is I don't drive my car anywhere else in Philly other than my neighborhood because I have back in parking in my neighborhood. So I back in and the cars, so we don't have front plates. So they scan plates and then that's how they hit you for the boot and all this other stuff. So if you're backed in, they, they can't do it. And uh, so for three and a half years, you know, I've had all these tickets and I had to go get her car out of impoundment. And she hurts. Was, yeah, it hurts. She keeps calling me every time she sees me. Hey, what's up, 22? As I prefer if you call me Emmett Smith, but it's like a famous number, 22. Um, yeah, people, I think a lot of people that don't or ever never have lived in South Philly have no idea what it's like. It's like a... Uh, it's it like is, an, it is it's like an assault. A, it's like a war that's constantly going on yeah. between you and finding a place to park. And finding and a place city. to park that's legal. And yeah. the city and the parking authority. And it's back. weird because there's so much like illegal parking that goes, at least when I lived there. Like when I lived on Passion And most Cav. of my tickets, like 17 out of the 22 for, for expired inspection. Yeah. So the, the guy writing me the ticket has to go out of his way to look at my sticker. I the, made it over a year this past year without getting my car inspected, but I got a ticket at like a year and like two months. I finally got a ticket, so then I had to go get inspected. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there's so much illegal parking in South Philly. It goes like um, there's people parking in the middle of the street. There's people parking... Like double parking, like yeah, uh, yeah, blocking other cars in. Yeah, it's it's, cra- it's a yeah, crazy yeah. world. No, and they they make a ton of money. And back in the thing that saved me from probably getting towed is you park on little side streets. Mm-hmm. You do the back end parking. When I needed to go somewhere, I would take my wife's car because I knew that wasn't going to be on the boot list. And then I guess that theory was shot the shit when they booted and towed her car. It's but. one of the. Um, I lived in the city for a good amount of time, so I got so used to when I lived in South Philly. It's like just a constant. You know, I would spend an hour at night looking for a good parking spot just driving in circles same thing for me yeah you know um but and where we when what we lived in the same place but at different times mm-hmm. uh parking in that neighborhood is terrible like that's that's a true hour where the, i live the nice neighborhood like, or the or the bad one right around uh, bobby's place the south yeah, south, yeah, Philly, yeah, yeah. South, south street yeah um that was awful but um then now living in the suburbs and having like Do you have a driveway i have a I have a driveway and street parking plenty of street parking man it's incredible sounds amazing yeah it's like a whole new world you save so you probably will live an average of like a year or two less 
than I will, just on the amount of time that I've saved from. Living. Oh, you mean like actual living my life? Living life, yeah. okay, not looking life? for parking because I don't consider that really living. Gotcha. I usually jump on a phone call when I'm looking for parking, <laughs> so kind of do it do it that way. But I have to uh, appreciate my wife on all the many problems that I've caused our family, and she's never never thrown me under the bus. Even though I don't know something came up the other day, I said, "Yeah, I completely blame you for this problem." She's like, "You know, I don't act this way." I go, "I know. This is why it's funny." <laughs> <laughs> uh I don't think Dev got a chance to watch it, but what do you think of that Tono Tono video? I think it's what what happened to the guy? Had some sort of traumatic brain injury to they the They never said like what it was that So there in that video that I sent you, they actually tell you that it's the the area of the brain that controls speech. Okay. So he had an injury to this area of the brain that controls speech and we're going to um load the link up to this to this video where he completely understands everything you're saying. His thought process is 100% clean clear but you ask him a question and everything he says is tono 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 what's your name tono tono how old are you tono 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 so it's like hodor hodor yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. what in the video it yeah. says a true to life hodor mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. crazy hold on yeah. but can he, if he writes something down will fine it... writes it fine it's just the whatever terrible. the one specific area of his brain that controls speech there was an injury there or a sickness and Tono Tono is everything that he says. So that's more like the lady that can't walk forward, but she could walk backwards perfectly fine. It's like certain. So, sir, yeah, right. Like that, that, yeah, yeah. Like no. Walk forward should just fall over or something. I shit. think that lady was proven to be faking it. Really? I believe so. Yeah. Oh shit! If it's the one so, I'm thinking so of, so don't tell me this Tono Tono. I hope not. No, frog. because I this feel this was like older. I don't know if a guy could like keep that up for a while. I mean, people could keep stuff up for a while. I could probably say Tono Tono. Like way more longer than I could just, just walk, walk backwards. Backwards, bro. No, well, she, she, didn't, she didn't always walk backwards. She had she was getting like a wheelchair and stuff. Like, and was she, she was, the one that was because she had some sort of vaccine? Not to get yes, into the vaccine talk, yes, but yes, it was a vaccine. That might be different. I but yeah, I remember there was a girl that was having an issue like that where she was walking, but it turned out she. Was, it says something with her. Um, I forget something with her perception right. moving forward was like fucked up, so she could only move. She she had to walk back with some crazy shit bro. well it's it's crazy because like as human beings you look at us and we're on like every human being is unbelievably tough to kill really hard to injure but if certain like a little small thing hits you in this right spot of that brain this guy is saying everything he says is tono tono he got he got lucky because there's uh like almost all serial killers have that uh head injury in somewhere in their past some That's great comedians too that that what he's talking about is so interesting because I've watched stuff about that about um curing evil and things like that. Okay, like, like whether evil is an actual thing, yeah. um, or it's just a defect because they all have that shit. For them to be able to scan a brain and see it and say he's a serial killer. Sam Kinison and Roseanne Barr both had traumatic brain injuries before they became big time comedians. Yeah, so it's like uh, it just matter. It's crazy if it that's if that's as simple as it is like uh. You get hit on the left side of your head and you'll become funny. You sit on the right side of your head and you start killing people. Or you say Tono Tono. Yeah, Yeah, it was, I came across this video and I go, this has to be fake. And then just watching it, I was like, if it's fake, it's it's an amazing fake fake job that he's doing. But um, did you watch the video of the person, I believe it was in Walmart or Target, they had a shovel and then they just smashed a glass. Mm -hmm. And the cop armbarred him. That one? Yes, the cop armbarred who? Him? Him? That was, was a woman. Oh, really? That was a woman. 
I didn't realize it was. Did you see the video, Dev? It's a cop does all kinds. It looked like Steve Jenham doing so it. It, it looked was, like Steve Jenham's arm lock too, right? It did. But I think that's how you have to do it if you're wearing a vest and a bunch of equipment on your belt. I don't know if you have the hip mobility to just do a, a nice clean one. So this person, I I'd originally thought it was a man. Yeah. Walking through and had like a shovel or something. And I go going back to brain injuries. Like, man, I said, you hit somebody the right way in the head. That cop's either Tono Tono or, you know, becomes a serial killer or whatever. Smashes a window. Next thing I know, at first I'm like, why is this dude so easy to ragdoll? I thought you, the same thing. You, you know, I was it, like, man, there's no no real resistance here and, and fight. And then at the, I watched the whole video. He's like, oh, she'll be fine. And I was like, oh, man. You know, I, I was completely surprised but he uh, <laughs> i like what he did because he didn't do the arm bar to injure the arm he did the arm bar to, to get the handcuff to get, to get he got the, the handcuff on yeah. and he was able to you know it and isolated it, the arm long enough that he could what, what i love is every jujitsu person see this is why cops need to do jujitsu yeah. right like everybody jumped like on that. kind of a stupid move if to go for an arm bar and that's it like if that if that person has friends with them or whatever it's right, kinda, right right but it was i i had to laugh and i'm watching him do the arm lock i go Jesus, it's so reminiscent of Steve Jenner. Yeah. It was like the exact arm lock that he used um, against Milton Bone. Yeah. There's a call back to <laughs> I was it. just watching that. Nice. Like last week. Milton Bone was a scary looking dude for maybe obvious reasons. Scary looking nipples. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. Uh, <laughs> you, I remember the video, because I was watching it last week, the video of him shadow boxing. Milton Bone? You can see his shadow, actually. He's shadow boxing and behind him, you can see his shadow. And in the shadow, you can see his like, his his downward, oh, yeah? his downward facing nipple <laughs> really pointing out right so that i thought that was interesting and i when i realized that that was a woman that whole interaction made made way more sense to me with how easily that oh, police right, officer yeah, yeah. threw them flipped them control even like she was squirmy right she wasn't but couldn't like she couldn't overpower any, right. exactly. It was yeah. not really any. It was resistance, but it was like kind of. So for everybody out there that was telling that, hey, cops need to use jujitsu, and that was a great example. Just realize that he did that to a woman. Hey man, so what's hey? What's no, I'm just saying. Like I just, I just women are they're equal. No, she she got everything she deserved. I don't even. What was she trying to get a PS5 or something? I don't even know what she was smashing. I have no idea. Yeah. But it, it was clearly surprised how how easily she got smashed. Because it didn't look like she tried to take anything. She just smashed it. Yeah, but then he grabbed her right after she smashed it. But it could have been an argument they were having, whatever. So uh, it it was real interesting to see like how the, in the course of that interaction, the police officer could get right into kind of like having to be mean to her, right? And we have uh, this kid that trains at the school now. Maybe been training about like three weeks. We call him Nick the Bull. Mm -hmm. uh, young kid, 16 years old, coming to us is like, been doing Taekwondo for three or four years and wants to fight MMA. Mm -hmm. And um, JB was watching him spar, right? And he goes, he goes, man, he's like, he kid just goes too nice. Because he's been, he's been in there sparring and he's not used to kind of like MMA style sparring. He's used to Taekwondo style sparring. So it's a lot of putting it out there, but not making real contact real contact that stops a person in yeah. in their tracks right and he's and this is kind of like calling him out but he's been dropped twice with body shots so far one was a teep and one was just like a straight right hand to the body and uh jb was saying he's like man he's just he's just being too nice because he's standing in front of the guy and he throws a beautiful spin kick to the head like a heel kick mm -hmm. and just pulls it at the end the kid had his glove up so it caught you know like the glove caught it and I'm laughing because I go, number one, that could have been a brain injury because it's the only part of 
Nick's body that on his shins or legs that wasn't covered in padding. Yeah. It, was the, it was the heel. Yeah. And and JB saying, you know, he's just being too nice. And I, I wanted to talk to you guys about kind of how younger fighters, maybe in the beginning of their career, it's not that they're being nice. It's they just don't know how to uncork or get, you know, realize that hard, certain levels of hard sparring are necessary, right? Because he's out there and he's flashing stuff, you know, like, and if you were, say, if you met this kid and you're like, hey, Nick, you got... I think this kid will have what it takes to fight MMA. Mm. He's he's young. He works hard. He's dedicated. But when he's sparring, you know, like he's he's not he he's not showing what he could do. Yeah, I think um, that's a harder problem to solve than the other way around. Like if you have a guy that's like too aggressive, I think that's easier to control than and to fix than somebody that's not aggressive enough. Do you? Because it could be it could be anything. Like you said, it could just be like he's not used to it. The taekwondo. Sparring, you know, like right? he's used to like a whole different sort of style. It also could be that he just doesn't have it in him to to let it go, which you can't tell. Like, right right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, after but two I'm sparring saying, like, sessions, um, but I don't think he's being nice. I just think he's sparring the way he's trained yeah. to spar. Um, but yeah, it's. It, I think it's. It can be kind of hard to teach, like a certain level of aggression. I think you either have it or you don't. You know. Yeah, and and it's you know I think he's got to see. Like, I think these are good wake up calls. Getting dropped with body shots because the first time. <laughs> The, the body shot that dropped him was against one of the other guys, and the guy was just clipping him in the, with headshots. And I was like, ah, I was like, take it easy with the headshots. I said, like, if you want to hit him that hard, to the body's fine. And then he just uncorks a straight right to the body and just crump, crumples the kid. He got up and finished around, mm -hmm. which I give him, get him credit for. So I, I think he has the requisite toughness. And when you're 16, sparring with adults, you, you know, he, like, could, he could be intimidated just by being like, he doesn't want to, like, you know. Hit a, hit a grown up and have him hit him back hard, right? You know, yeah, just be intimidated. That's, that's probably it you know? too. I think part of it. Yeah, I don't think he's being nice. I just think he's. I think this is a, a part of his growth as a fighter that he needs to. I think every fighter has to take their risks. I think it's also great if he can if he can sort of develop some a little bit more like killer instinct. It's great that he has the control to throw a spinning wheel kick and then pull it. It was very it, impressive. If you can yeah. train that kind of stuff, like if you can train like a spinning wheel kick without like really knocking somebody out, that's like that's. That's great. I, and I was just super happy for the other guy because I don't think the other guy's ever seen that kick. Yeah. And Hardly he still anybody kept, ever does. And, and he still, his hand, his hands were up and his glove caught it. So it was mm -hmm. good, kind of like basic defense on his point, but his part. But I told the kid, I was like, hey, Nick, I was like, if you, they, they were, they was like, I don't want to go that hard with him. I said, he said he wants to fight. Right. I said, we're not trying to give him a brain injury, but if we touch spar with him, then, when he walks into the fight, the first time he's getting hit hard can't be first time he's stepping in the cage. Yeah, he's a, that's a case where you might want to, like, at some point, not anytime soon, I don't think, but have put him through like a fight simulation where you tell him like, "Hey, look, today, this is like you're going to spar today, but it's going to be a fight." Like, so yeah, and you've talked about that and using that in the past. Yeah, I think that's a great way to like find out who's got it before they even get in. Right. Just see like if they're if they're willing to just throw it or if they're gonna constantly be in like sort of sparring mode whether or not i, I like the fact the two things when every the two times he's gotten dropped is two times he got up and finished the round so i mm -hmm. think that's a good that's a good indicator that um for as you know like that, that even though he got knocked down he's he's willing to get up and and all right you know what i might get this again yeah. but this is more it's more important to to deal with this and he it's funny seeing like he's 16 and he's as tall as you he's oh, yeah he's a big big kid big. Yeah, so Nick Nick the boy's a nice nice kid too. Quiet. Likes tattoos. Works at Primal now. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> selling selling supplements. 
But talking about uh, MMA, what do you guys think of the, the UFC cutting Yo Romero? I get it. Makes sense. I get it. Guy hasn't won a fight in a couple years. But it's like, he's, I, it makes sense from a business standpoint. He probably is going to get paid a lot of money. You, you can't really do anything with him. He's going to beat all the, like, if you put him in with, like, a young up-and-coming guy. Smashes him. He might just, like, kind of ruin your next champion. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not just, like, they might not just lose. They might get, like, severely injured. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, not, uh, not the yeah. same after right. fighting Yo Romero. Yeah. Um, you can't just keep giving him title shots because he's only won, like, one out of his last five. He's lost, yeah. But. And all his fights were. You could make an argument in almost all the fights that he lost that he also so he won. he's in he's in the same predicament as Danny Garcia. Yeah, that's where that's where he is. It's like you lose into the top 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 competition, but yeah. then they can't figure out where to because you become a a, a gatekeeper like yeah. for journey your journeyman or yeah. whatever. Right, man. Start, it, but I it's hate like to weird, think that that's like, a weird word to call somebody that that does. Is that Danny well. Garcia really Adrian Broner now? No, come on. No. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so, yeah, but yeah. That, no, and that's the part that sucks about yeah. it. It's like no, you lose. You only lost to people that have no losses, right? Like dudes that are. You know what I mean? Right. Like, who's like he could like sprints. No. Danny Garcia could also win a title. Like right. he's, I wouldn't say he's a gatekeeper yet. No, he's still, he's right. still in it. He just, I didn't see the Errol Spence fight. I heard it was pretty clear that Spence won that yeah. fight, but the, his two other losses were not nearly it, as clear. Exactly, right. exactly. But and I think what, with Romero, it's the same thing. Like you're saying, like a lot of those losses could have been wins, split decision wins for him, mm-hmm. decision wins for him. You know, like he's a 44, even with four losses. I'm a fan. I like watching him fight. I think fans like watching him fight. I think he he's always there to fight. I think it's strange that they, well, it's not strange, just the timing. They let him go and Rachel uh, Ostevich, like, like, at the same time, pretty much. Well, they both have terrible records. Where, but no, yeah. it's actually like, but it's an ongoing thing where they're always underneath her comments putting go Romero underneath oh. her comments. I don't know what that thing oh, is. But yeah, but it's always that comment. But I'll tell you what this could set up in Bellator, because I think, didn't Rumble Johnson sign with Bellator? Yes. He just, so you yeah. set up a, I don't, it doesn't matter what way you put him but at, Rumble cla- Johnson versus Viola Romero. But they're claiming that, that these other organizations are not interested in, in Romero. Yeah, only Bare Knuckle. I don't want to see that. I think Bare Knuckle said we'll take him. Man, I'd love to see him in Bare, Bare Knuckle. Bare, Knuckle. Bare Knuckle's taking people, bro. They're yeah. like, they're going to yeah, yeah. they like, But like Tim said us. before, that's the, that's your exit strategy to out of fighting. You don't go, you, that's the last stop in your fighting career. It's no, you don't go from bare knuckle back to the UFC or bare knuckle to a belt or a title shot or, or anything like that. WBC champion. Yeah, you're not. Maybe not even WWE. You just bare knuckles like you're bare knuckle and then you're done. Maybe that's even like, I mean, Yo Romero has the build for WWE. 100%. Not the size though. No, man, maybe they're not the personality. No, either. they got some guys that's not. Really? Well, yeah, Ken, Ken Shamrock guys. was probably as big as him. Nah, Ken yeah. Shamrock was like 235, 240. Was he really? Yeah, okay. he's right. Maybe I was wrong. Jack. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Back in the day, but yeah, so I I wouldn't but he have won't have him. to make weight no more. Yeah, that's true because yeah. he could be two hundred five, two ten. But I I'm always excited because you with a Yoel Romero fight, you're just like, hey, something's going to happen, something explosive, something crazy. Ice is going to get spilled in the corner. He's not going to you know he's going to screw Tim Kennedy out of a victory. He's going to say say something funny. Exactly. What did he? Gay Jesus. Or what did he say about Izzy? Is his African? Is he's his his family must come from somewhere in Africa where they run a lot or something. You know, like he, it's like they're crazy. Speaking of Izzy, see that he got his purple belt? Yeah. From Andre Galvao? 
I tagged you guys. Yeah. Okay. yeah that's cool. cool. What, did, what did you do? I, I, so what I thought was... It was yeah, uh, I was going to say. Do you think it was real emotions? No, nah, I think it was fake. I think, I think it was all set up. But... Um, <laughs> Yo, this I think guy... No, I think it's... I just... Not, and I'm saying there's no judgment on that. The fact that it was set up, I think it was like, all right, like let's have a, a good moment. It's gonna like it'll promote Izzy. It'll promote Atos. Galvao. It's a great. It's like a commercial almost. Okay. And, and I like when Izzy is like, he's like, I promise, I'm gonna put on a gi at least once a week. He won't put a gi on until he gets his brown belt. <laughs> <laughs> so because most of Izzy's jujitsu training is happening outside of San Diego, California, like 50 one weeks of the year he's training in is he in australia or new zealand i always forget is he in where's he where's he living one anyway one, one of those countries auckland oh Ocean, uh, he's in oceania okay yeah. very nice so i don't get him getting it from galval number one right i so i get it from a publicity standpoint like yeah. if you're the ufc champ you want one of the best guys in the world Give, you know what I'm saying? It only, like you were saying, it elevates Galvao, it elevates Adesanya, it elevates Atos, it makes it like this big thing. But like, how critical has Andre Galvao been in Israel Adesanya's jiu-jitsu directly? I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe they've... All right, so let me ask you this. Maybe he's been organizing his jiu-jitsu training from So for 51 weeks out of the year, he trains somewhere other than where Andre Galvao is. Mm-hmm. So how critical could Andre Galvao be? Maybe... Maybe they Skype every week. Maybe. <laughs> and he's been setting up his, he like. Maybe they don't. Watches Maybe he every... sends his guys. Maybe yeah. they don't. Yeah, you're right. I'm just it's possible. Like, we don't know. I think I'm going to say the black man was there <laughs> crying because of true emotion that he loves being a fighter, a warrior, a cartoon character, and he was truly honored to go uh, up and This rank. goes back to your lo- the video game level up theory. Yes. Yes. I think he really thinks like this and he's believes he got a new icon i'm no white belt point he loves the points like he'll point. literally go to sleep smiling hugging a black and it's belt. worth more from galvao than the guys the people that are actually training than the guy that actually trains. Yeah, than the guy that actually teaches him got it because i believe robert whitaker either got his brown belt or his black belt either today or yesterday I he was a black belt he trains at a gracie school right yeah gracie my yeah. just from some random you know like a tim carpenter type yeah. you know just regular regular non you know um champion yeah it's interesting like what's when you when you do it the way Izzy did it did he really earn it or did he get it because of his name whereas the way and it's good business whereas the way whitaker has been with the with his coach training jujitsu for a long time is like which you know but isn't it up to you guys on whether or not a person earned it because i've seen people get their belt after they won a fight in the ufc for sure yeah, yeah yeah but that's also from somebody that's been training with them for a long time Okay. Usually, right? You, you would like, hope that like there's Dominic, some sort of connection. Dominic Cruz got his blue belt after he won the title, like in the in the in, cage. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. But he was with people that he had been training with, you know. So, but still, would you consider that still a stunt? Why they could? Yeah, give for it sure. It's a stunt. Oh, okay, like okay, that's, okay. That's a stunt for the jujitsu guy that's promoting him. They, they just made his... they just made that more that this blue belt is more important than this UFC. Yeah, that's victory. a huge. Yeah, yeah, you know, but um. And to most jiu-jitsu people, it is. Yeah. That's, and what I'm saying is it's possible that Izzy feel, he really worships martial arts in a I think that's, that's a... I can see that. But, but then if that being the case, wouldn't you want it from the people that are most directly responsible for your jiu-jitsu than no. the big name? No. Okay. No, because he's like... I don't know. It's like... 
dude working in the studio with a local guy that's been recording them all these years, and now he gets to go. He could record the same album, you know. He goes to the Hit Factory to record his album because the Hit Factory recorded Janet Jackson, uh, Beyonce, all these people. So, he got all the equipment. He could do it. He knows how to do it. His guy's just as good. But it's like my engineer was the same engineer as I think. So he has no. Like that. So he has no loyalty. No, he does. He does. He. he I, I get it. I understand. No, but then, you know, like ultimately, it's good business, right? I think it's great business because you sent me the Instagram of, or you sent us the Instagram of him getting it from. You know, like if it, I didn't send you guys the Instagram of Robert Whitaker getting his belt I from just some dude that I never heard of. I think know? it's super cool that he went to a place like that to train, and he's like, I, I watch videos that like there's been videos put up on like Flow Grappling, I think of like him training with all the guys there so yeah. it's, it's cool to see him putting himself i think he says he's gonna try and submit people now like i gotta wonder like would he will is he really is he uh, really man, i think he will yes he will man this is what y'all not getting yeah. this dude no, this dude i believe is playing in the guy. a video game and he really wants to like he, wants he might to be not the unbeatable character and he might do so it so far he's been and he might do it against somebody like oh i'll take that that fight that's not as dangerous i think i can do it to this guy let me get a, uh, you know what I'm saying? They're talking about him fighting that Italian guy, Vittori, next. Didn't he fought, he fought him before? He fought him once, and it was the only guy that did well against Izzy. Okay. Izzy won a split decision against him. I don't know how Italian he is with a name like Marvin. I got to I gotta look into him. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I don't know any Italian Marvins. You know what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Marcelo or some shit. Yeah, exactly. Mar Marco. <laughs> Not a Marvin. Marco. So, uh. Yeah, I I think it's part stunt. It's, I get it. Like we have a uh, Gary Banner. He's a black belt from Andre Galvao. <laughs> do, do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that's a big. He, I don't think he's ever trained in San Diego to Atos, but you know Galvao. He's a, like, so he's an Atos black belt. He's an Atos black belt, but it was given to him by Andre Galvao. Like somebody asks you, who'd you get your black belt from? If you know jujitsu, and somebody says Andre Galvao, you're like, oh fuck, man, that's, yeah. you know, like that's a that's a big deal. Again, like saying somebody says, oh, I got it from Tim Carpenter. You're like, who? Crickets. Come on, Come on man. That's, sorry, bro. Just, so, so that, you know what? So, okay. So, I'm going to reverse this then. Go ahead. So, how would you feel if one of your students that you've had, you know, they were a brown or whatever, just something pinnacle, you know, they, they, they're they blue. They go somewhere else and they get, you see them getting a purple over at fucking, I would uh, be, uh, uh, where's the spot, uh, 10th planet or some shit. So, if that if, would be different, right? If I, had a, if I had a blue belt that, like moved and went to train and was training at a new place and got promoted there. I'd be like, "That's awesome, man!" And I've had that happen. I was like, "Yeah, it's great. He deserves it." No, but just if say I had it's a blue belt that you were training went to San Diego, and like just went there so he gets pro belt. No, he went there. He was like out there for like a month training and shit, and then he comes back and he's and, and, and you see him on the internet and it's like, "Yo, so it on him." <laughs> I'd be like, "I'd be like, yeah, that's uh, my blue belt is considered an Atos purple belt." <laughs> <laughs> that's so, how good we are here. I'd use it for myself. I'm going to assume that Izzy's coach is connected to Atos. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. And maybe that was a, a, it's an agreement. That, maybe it's an agreement up. they made. They're like, hey, I think Izzy's ready for his purple. We're going to set, you know, he's going to go out to San Diego. That'd be great for everybody involved if you gave it to him, right? It elevates Galvao because now Galvao becomes even more famous for giving him his purple belt. So I think you can make good business and do it, do it that way. Or there's been guys, I know, I, we know a guy that took his, was a brown belt, got promoted to black belt, kept it for a while, competed as a black belt, then went to 
what would he considered his school his instructor took his black, took the black belt off, put a brown belt on, and got re-promoted the black belt. He's he's uh two times the black belt anybody else is. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so like, you know, people are weird with that with that stuff. Somebody that's not weird about their jiu-jitsu is Damian Maya. Oh. Right? Mm-hmm. Weird or no? Not like, weird at all. Not weird at all. Probably at his height, maybe he had the best jujitsu in MMA. You could argue, right? Maybe mm-hmm. like who who in MMA has more accolades or the pedigree like a Damian Maya? Hodger Gracie did. Okay, Hodger. Uh, currently, Jacare did. Currently, Jacare. I think Damian Maya might have wins over Jacare. He does have uh, he does have some wins over Jacare, but also um, Marcelo Garcia. Marcelo, well, Marcelo Garcia's had, MMA career was not nearly as good. <laughs> The um, the kid that fought last night and who's number one, who competed last night, who's number one? Kanan? No, the Adolf, other the Hodolfo. Here's another guy in MMA that has the uh, the pedigree of a, of a Damian Maia. And I think a lot of people, because Damian Maia's career didn't, he didn't get the, the the title, but he did fight for the title. He fought Anderson Silva. I think he tried to be a striker for a little while. Did he get, Brian Ortega doesn't count because he's too new. He doesn't have the ac- like the jiu-jitsu He's got the titles. skills, but not the, the titles. The oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Um, wait, th- did Maya fight when he fought Woodley? Was that for the title or was that for a shot at the title? I think it was for the title because I believe it was a well, five round fight doesn't mean it's for the title anymore, but I believe it was a title fight. Okay, so he fought twice for the title. Yeah. So, and and I think that Damian Maya pulled off probably one of the coolest takedowns to submission moves against Chael Sonnen. Against Chael Sonnen, the foot sweep or lateral drop, depending on, you know, what you, you know, either a judo takedown or a wrestling takedown, either one, and then get some into a mounted did he finish it off the triangle off of his back i rolled his back he rolled but he he gets mounted mounts him hits the triangle then rolls to his back right he might have finished it on top i I forget um but i wanted to to talk about like one of the looked like one of the like simplest like most effortless throws against a guy that is a clear a true high level wrestler if they were to wrestle that would never happen Right, like they were just and wrestling. if you were to, to argue, hey, who do you think is going to get the takedown in this fight? Well, yeah. Who'd you have said? You would have said Chael Sonnen. Yep. Right, and I'm man. What do you what, what when you look at what happened in that fight? What do you think did it for Maya to be able to get that takedown against somebody that was clearly a much superior grappler, not a much superior, much superior wrestler, and with really good MMA takedowns? The reason that it worked, I think, was because he initiated the the wrestling. Right, he like pushed him up against the cage and he's so confident in his ability to fight off his back that he can just throw himself to his back. And then he, that way that allows him to go 100% with confidence for that throw. And if it doesn't work, he's just on his back. So fighting, right. So then he's where he was planning on being anyway. So it's just like, why not, why not give it a shot? That's one of the things that, um, when you're really confident in your ability at something, it allows you to do kind of whatever you want. Like if you're, if you're tentative, like, man, I don't want this guy ending up on top of me, you're limited as to what you can do. Was it like you were talking about Clarissa Shields, and she signed with the PFL, by the way, we were talking yeah. about it. You were saying if she learns how to take people down or shoot takedowns, and then it just makes her that much easier. Mm-hmm. She could let her hands go way easier, and if she could sprawl. So, yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you uh, on that he, assessment. Didn't real quick, didn't he beat the other wrestling dude, too, that was trash? Well, he's not trash, but the dude, Ben Askren. Didn't he beat him? Yeah, too? put him to sleep. Yep. I don't remember. When, how did he put uh, Askren to sleep? That was like R- last year or something. 
he Damian Maya has a really weird he did it to uh he's done it to several people. He did it to Matt Brown and he did it to uh Askren. He gets it, it almost looks like the choke's not on, and he just kind of like locks his wrist together and uses that. So the guys he goes for the rear naked, they pull the top hand down, and he just holds his wrist like that. And he finishes it. And it looks like I mean the guys go like Askren went out and um, I didn't realize that he had choked Askren asleep. Yeah. That's crazy. Cause like he he looks like he has this uh, like he doesn't look like he's strong, but when you see him grapple mm-hmm. and when he gets to his spots, you're like, yeah, they're not moving him from there. Yeah, yeah, he's he's awesome. He's like, uh, he just I I really like watching guys that make it look easy. You know, he like definitely it, like when, it doesn't when, look when like he, it's a lot of effort. It's like and when he does it he's well, just like in he's the been right knocked place. out. Like who did um, Marquardt knock him out? Vicious, Marquardt, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Damian Maya, if you want to see some amazing, like when he does it well, he just does it un- unbelievably ADCC well. ADCC champ, world champ. World champ. Yeah, he's got a, a true jiu-jitsu pedigree. Like if you want to argue, he could be on your Mount Rushmore of jiu-jitsu guys in MMA, you you can argue Damian Maya. Does it bother you that um, jiu-jitsu guys is the term for people that do Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Well, I hate when people say jiu-jitseros or jiu-jiteros. I think that's yeah, I think that's just need or to come j- up with something, man. Jiu-jitsukas? Jiu-jitsu guys, other than that? Jiu-jitsu men? Jiu-jitsu guy is just so... That's, like, super strange. But I think it comes from when the Gracies were challenged. Oh, he's a karate guy. This is a wrestler guy. This is... I, I think that's where the jiu-jitsu guy comes from. Because you could, you could do, like, a... So a, a judo practitioner would be a judoka. Right. But the jiu-jitsu guy would call him a judo guy. Just, oh, it's a judo guy. Or But if you don't want to say jiu-jitsuka. Sounds weird. Yeah. Um... Judoka a, sounds way better than Judoka jiu-jitsu-ka. sounds cool. It no. goes together. Jujitsuka. Yeah. Jews is already taken. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. But we could come up with something. Yeah. What? By next week, we should have something. All right. So we'll we'll come up with. But you you could change the world, man, if you come up with the right <laughs> shit. Yeah, and then, we, look, we, and no. then you won't just be regular Tim Carpenter. <laughs> if you make the name. And we own the IP on that. We. Okay. And then we'll come out with a clothing brand, everything. I like it. We got to we gotta roll this out. But well, speaking of judokas, did you guys watch the uh, the arm lock instructionals that I sent? I did. What'd you think? That's cool. Nothing. I didn't think there was anything. It's all stuff I've seen before. What about you, Dev? Did you get a chance to watch it? No. So I I I really like because I, I I found it on a uh, Brazilian jiu jitsu site, and at first I thought they were Brazilian jiu jitsu guys, mm-hmm. but then I see the geese, and I'm like, oh, you know, Brazilian jiu jitsu guys wear you know like judo geese. And I'm just watching their approach to the arm lock. Like, oh, not, not a typical jujitsu approach in the sense of, man, everything was explosive, dynamic, hard, right? And I remember you saying that some of the most dangerous gi grapplers in the world is the judo guy that knows submissions because of how explosive and how hard they go for that yeah. submission after the throw. And all I kept thinking was, especially the one where they punched Pops the arm. It. Yeah, where they, like everything was a pop. I'm like, Fuck, they're gonna they're gonna shred each other's elbows in practice. Yeah, you don't even want to practice that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but all good, like very good teachers. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool video. Yeah, I think they're yeah. good. Seems like really nice a, guys. Like I, the video, everything was cool, and I, that, that was the the one you just talked about was the one I liked the most because that's like the most sort of judo style, where it's like you have it and just like rip it. I, and I'm watching him make a fist, and I wonder what he's gonna do. And I'm like, oh no, he's gonna yeah. destroy his brother's arm. <laughs> and uh, uh, I thought they were good teachers too, because you yeah, know, they you, did a really good job explaining stuff. Yeah. Um, I think if anybody's interested in like learning like very interesting arm lock stuff, I think it was the 
Neil Adams. The Neil Adams yeah. arm lock book is awesome. Very it has good. Like yeah. So many yes, different variations and stuff and everything in there. Like you could find a video of him doing everything he does in there against like world-class competition. So I did a little research on these guys and these guys were part of the San Jose state okay. judo team, which I, that's where Dave Camarillo comes I out. I was actually uh, considering going to college there when I was, when I was a young judo athlete, I was talking to the uh, the head coach there. I used to see him at all the, um, the, you know, junior national events and high school. National and I think events. these guys have gotten into jujitsu as well. Mm-hmm. And only, they always were good at groundwork. San Jose, like the, uh, I forget the guy's name, the head coach there, but he was always big on, that's why he, he came up and actually started talking to me at tournaments. Cause he saw that I was like always going to the ground trying to get stuff on the ground. He's like, so we talked about that. And he said, uh, he kind of like talked shit on jujitsu ju- ju- guys. Okay. But he, he knew they were good. Cause he had Dave Camarillo training there. Well, what's interesting, I think, is a lot of jujitsu guys maybe even would avoid watching this video because they know that he knows their, or you would say, "Oh, these are judo guys. I don't, yeah. what, what can I learn from them?" But number one, these guys taught well. Number number two, it's a we could always get something from a different approach. Yeah, except, and these guys also do jujitsu, uh, catch wrestling. There might even be some nope. some no nothing, not a single thing. All right, well, let's go back to these two judo guys. I think they own a company. Uh, they're in Portland, Oregon, mm. and we've been out there to help guys get ready for fights and. Uh, BJJ Outfitters, wait, Dojo Outfitters is the name of their company, and uh, you, I think they have a storefront where you can, they carry like forty-five different brands of geese. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, I, I also like the look of the video because I really like the tatami style. I yeah. hate what it does to my feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, but I like that look. Mm-hmm. It just looks like an old school kind of martial arts yeah. thing. But yeah, these guys, uh, we'll we'll post that video as well. The, they're two brothers. They do a phenomenal job. And for you jiu-jitsu guys, even though these guys are doing jiu-jitsu as well, I don't know what their rank is. They probably fuck dudes up when they train with them. You can just tell that these guys are good good on the ground. Uh, yeah, look outside of your, your jiu-jitsu comfort zone to, to, to pick up techniques or to pick up ideas that... And there's a... Like, people, when they talk about, like, uh, Holes Gracie, the original Holes Gracie, yes. they say that's one of the things that made him so good was that he went out and trained with wrestlers and sambo yeah. guys, and he, like, added that into jiu-jitsu, which is what really helped him why he was one of the best guys yeah and, and probably the, like like you're saying like one of the gracies that pushed cross training mm-hmm. right like you're saying doing judo those guys competed in sambo and and that that kind of thing but um i wanted to talk to you guys and i sent it to dev and i sent it to you and i just really wanted to show the, the public how much of a jiu-jitsu mind i am mm-hmm. when it comes to concepts in jiu-jitsu and when I sent you the 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 clip of Ty Rut- was it Ty Rutolo or the other one? I forget. One, one of the, the one uh, of the Rutolo brothers training with uh, Kanan on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you're like, "What am I looking at here?" And I was really happy to see that I saw it, and you didn't. And I think you know Dev's still a wipeout, so we, we I can't bust on him for it. But one of the overriding concepts that you could just say is almost universal in grappling is that inside control, right, is better than outside control. If you if you in just ge- said in general, yeah. In general, it's just like there's very few things where you could say inside control is usually better than outside control. Like there's not any other concept that carries over into most other styles of grappling in MMA. You're always you always go for the underhook, get the underhook, you know. Underhook usually beats an overhook. Right? And that's what I wanted to kind of in this video, it's Ty Rotolo, who's small, versus Kanan uh Duarte, who's who's big, and these they're both phenomenal grapplers. And the really crazy thing about this grappling that they were doing in this live training is whoever had the underhook won the transition. 
and it was like four or five things that happened. Everybody with the underhook won what they what they were doing. Person that didn't have the overhook, a part of the person that had the overhook lost the, the the scramble or the transition. And I was trying to figure out what other concept there is in jujitsu or fighting where we could say more times than not, like in jujitsu or grappling, we could say underhook is typically better than the overhook. Is there anything? I got a quick question. Yes, sir. Um, does the having an underhook or overhook depend on height, how effective it is, the height of the two people? Yes, I think so. Because I had a, recently had the, uh, uh, I've been training a Philadelphia Flyer again, uh-huh. get him ready for the season. And him getting underhooks on me is so much harder than me getting underhooks on him. He's six foot seven, right? And even when he would start to get the underhook, it was just so much easier for me to fight it and make it more difficult for him to win the underhook. Then it, then it would once be. Once he get it, is it more effective because of the height? Like when he's if he wants to get an underhook he, on him, you'd, your feet would be off the ground. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, what exactly. I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. that's mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. Agreed. Yeah. So there is, if there's a massive difference in height, it's way harder for him to get it. But once he gets it, it is so much more effective than than it is for the the smaller okay. person. Okay. We're going back to the concept. Do you think of any concepts in that are quite similar? Um, if somebody were to ask you that broad question, I would say. Uh, controlling the hips is more important than controlling any, almost any other part of the body. So like when you're, I tell people a lot when they're trying to pass people's guards, like you see a lot of guys like either going to control legs or trying to control arms. I say from like close guard. Okay. But it's like his arms aren't really a threat. His hips and legs are the threat. So like you have to deal with that. Like, don't worry. Like I see it's usually, it's always white belts when they're starting off They're They're trying, they're on top in the close guard and they're trying to get control of the guy's arms. I was like, you don't worry about anything past like his belt line, you know, like not, not saying you shouldn't like if the guy's grabbing your neck, break that grip, but don't but, try to control his arms. You need to control his hips. And if you're passing the guard, rather than trying to get to his chest and shoulders, if you control the hips first and you get past the hips and the legs, then you have a path that either you can go for the feet, you go for the head, you go for the arms, you go for whatever, but you have to control the hips. So I think just in general, looking for control of the hips rather than like other uh, limbs or other parts. So of the there's body. a kind of overall idea. If somebody were to ask you, "Hey Tim, what's the most important thing as a white belt for me to pass the guard? Control the hips, mm-hmm. right? So c- control of the hips is always going to be better than not controlling the hips mm-hmm. than controlling um, another part of the body. Just like uh, in general, like if you want to go left, go right first. Like anytime you want to, if you want to move a person to the right, and you're just constantly pulling to the right, they're just not going to move. So if you want to go to the right, just move left first to get them to sort of go right and then and then you move to the right and they'll be like helping you go that way so that's just like a um a throw and yes throws sweeps takedowns anything it's just like a general misdirect something like don't go for the if you want to have us grab the back of the collar push them back because Mm -hmm. you're trying to pull them forward because their body there will be so many times where you're like almost have a guy swept or you're in a great position to sweep and if you just start it from a dead stop nothing happens but you just kind of like little shift to the left and then he'll easily go well you watch like marcelo garcia from his butterfly guard like he pulls the guy one way and then goes the exact opposite way to to sweep him or that, that kind of thing yeah right. and there's i mean there's like an endless sort of list of like things that you can i guess they're not overall concepts but right but an overall concept that you say man this is going to apply 90 percent of your mm-hmm. jiu-jitsu like hip control could apply to 90 percent of your jiu-jitsu yeah underhook dominance can apply to 90% yeah, of your it jiu-jitsu. It sucks trying to come up with it right now because I, I know when I'm teaching classes, I tell people, I was like, this is an overall concept you want to know, like when I'm right. showing it. 
Um, I just can't. This is why I don't share the notes with you. I need to prove to people how much more jujitsu I know than you. Well, I'm just kidding, bro. Come I know. On. I know. You know, don't but, don't I mean, don't take it you know, don't take it to heart. Like you send me a 20 second clip and say, "Let's talk about this." I'm like, "Well, what are we going to talk about?" Well, bro, because you you can't take a step back from your meathead self and look at this and be like, "Hey, how can I?" you know, use this to teach people. So now I, on the other hand, since I've never been a high you know level athlete you know and I is? need to teach people to gain some sort of credibility. It's so, jujitsu is such a part of me that I don't even, I don't even need to think about it when I see it. When I just, why wouldn't you well, get it? Yeah, I could tell that by the students you produce. <laughs> <laughs> that was an insult. I <laughs> so speaking of hip control, mm. you guys see that Faraz Ahavi refuses to train with women? Yeah. It's awesome. Why? So I don't think it's for. I train with him, and I don't. I don't say it. I think it's awesome that he is um, confident enough to just be like, "Yeah, I don't train with women. I don't, and I don't have a problem with like saying it." And he, like, he yeah, he did not back up. Yeah, at I think all it's mostly that. because of his. He's a Muslim, so I think it's a lot of it's his religion. Um, and that part, you know, you that yeah, part. He I never. I don't 100%. think he ever blamed that. He never. He, like, he, he never used that as the excuse for right. not for not doing it. I think he talked about the um, kind of the carnal lust of not wanting to be uh with a woman that I, i'm going to feel attracted to her and like that, th those kinds of things which I, I don't i don't know much about islam but uh man people were up in arms about this though yeah fuck them i like you if know, the guy like, does like uh, if he's a, and he's been totally honest and upfront about it yeah there's nothing you can say about him like he's like he's a nice guy he's not he he's a hell of a trainer he's he, really good at jujitsu he didn't say he doesn't let women in the gym and he doesn't let men roll with women he says i don't and he women. never said, I think they're any less than me. Right. Right. He what he said, said is because of certain beliefs, I don't train with women. And not just that, but it, it definitely, there is definitely problems when men and women like train together. Like anytime men and women are together, there's going to be, there's a possibility for romantic stuff to happen. And anytime oh, yeah, like that what, happens, how, I'm the, can you, you give me an example up, of like what? Yeah, you <laughs> might end up fucking marrying. Like an instructor like, yeah, yeah, marrying a, a student. student? Yeah. 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 She wasn't a student. And then. Then open Wait, you it guys up with, were, oh, wait, she has you, a nice butt and things like that. <laughs> you guys were equals at the school you were at? Or were you or were you your favorite word? Superior. superior. I mean, I think I was superior. Gotcha. Okay. So my my position was superior at the gym, but gotcha. we were both But she wasn't a student. She was not my student. Okay. But she was a student. She was a student. Gotcha. And you were yeah. a teacher. Mm. Yeah. So mm. if this was if this was the high school, <laughs> yeah, I could probably get in trouble with the high school. But going back to to Firas, uh, I, man, if the guy that's what he believes in, like what what else do you what else can we begrudge? It's like hey, I don't train with him. I know that there's a couple girls. One of them competed against Rachel. They're they're Muslim and they don't train with men mm -hmm. because of their their religious belief. And they you know like if they're if they're the only girl in the room, I guess they're not training okay. with anybody. Okay, here's a question. Go ahead. What if, uh, I'm trying to think, who's another trainer? What if John Donaher was like, I, I just don't roll with black people? Total, and that's different. <laughs> right, right. Well, he's just like, you know, it's just, you know, I don't know. What if he, I'm trying to think of any like religious reason? Yeah, this is no, there's it. no religion. So this is the only reason, the way he could even or he could, he'd say remotely like, get away with it. He could it. just say, like, I love black people. I'm not racist at all. It's just, I'm, I'm just allergic I'm, to I'm, uh, I'm worried I might get injured. Because they're so strong. No, so I was just, no, I, I swear to God, <laughs> so I was going to say this. No, no, I was, no, I was going to say this because, you know, they used to say shit back in the day, even not that long ago, like, in like the 80s and shit, like my boy that's next door in the next room, 
Um, he was like real good at like basketball, like ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And like he went to um Catholic school, and some of the so it was mixed race. It was kids that were white and stuff like that. And they used to say shit like, "My dad said that black people have like extra extra tendons, extra tendon, yeah, yeah. yeah they have yeah. all this stuff Every, in their everybody body. Everybody knows that, like <laughs> um extra stuff in their body, and that's the reason why he's faster than everybody, and why he can like dunk on everybody, but we're kids or whatever. And um, so I could see. If a person tried to use something like what you just said, but come on, in today's time, yeah, I have heard that there is uh, differences between, um, like African genetics and like European genetics as far as like where the strengths go. So they, the thing I had heard was that like, and it, they use the the Olympics as an example. They said like black people have more uh, lower body explosive power and strength, and then. <laughs> And then they were that like, but crazy. white people have more like upper body strength. And they say, if you look at like, look at Olympic weightlifting, it's mostly dominated by like Asians and Europeans. And then almost all track and field, like sprinting and stuff is dominated by. And then African we have the winner. And then I we think, have the listen, winter Olympics. Listen, I think that all of that shit is just what. It also could people, be cultural. Like, it has to do with right, people don't fucking do it. Right. You know yeah, how like good, not, you know how good a lot of black people Africa. are <laughs> at driving away from cops. You watch some of these videos. If you put more black people behind the wheels of, uh, uh, behind the wheel and let them drive NASCAR look different, I'm telling you, put them, put black people in hockey for well, real. They, so listen, you're going to see moves. Car as a listen, car you're going to see moves. Listen, you're going to see moves on those ice skates you never saw before. Shit's going to start turning stunt. Like black people like to stunt. You know what I'm saying? Yes, they do. Now, now, what I will say, <laughs> second to Arabs, second to Arabs, man. But, the Arab car stunt game is the most unbelievable. Th I'm gonna find a link and post it. Cars I've, made out of silver and shit. Like no, that. no, no, no. Driving down the street, trying to drive it on two wheels. Drive it on two wheels. Oh. Homeboys jump out of the side of the, open the door, start taking the the wheels that are up in the sky, start taking them off the car, dancing like it's like it's crazy. What you do you know? mean by homeboys? They're friends. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Not yeah. what you think a homeboy is. Yes. Anyway, and then they go back, put the wheels back on the car. Put the car back on the street. This is now they're doing 100 miles an hour doing all this. So yes, the Arab stunt number they, one. They 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 love the stunt number one, and then and then black people. But but in the reverse of what you said, let's say if he said he didn't want to rule with women because he has to take it easy on them, like he mm -hmm. can't. It's on. I don't want. Since I'm a white belt, I'm scared to say the wrong stuff. Uh, so, but so but since I am a white belt, <laughs> forgive me. It's I, like wrestling with it's like playing with kids. I know. Because even when I go against a woman, it doesn't matter what belt she is, if I really want to slam her on her head. Right. Unless I, you're going with like a 240 pound like awesome black belt like world black champion. Belt. Yeah, yeah. Cuz yeah. I used to like Gabby when Garcia. I was when I was fighting, I like never really I wouldn't train with women. I was like it's like I I was when I was fighting, my training was like just I it was always kind of like I want to train but, hard. But also you're never going to compete against a woman. Right. right? So what doesn't make but any I was sense? Just like, yeah, but um I just would, in general, I wouldn't train with women when I was, like, fighting. I train with women all the time now. Like, it's because I am much more relaxed in my training and not... not so, I used to believe it didn't matter for women to need to train with other women if they were competitors. Because, like, you're going to get more out of training with guys. And then I talked to some of the girls that compete. Like, no, women move different. Mm -hmm. It's a different... It's it's just different. And I need to get that feel. And once they explained it to me, I was like, all right, yeah, I, complete, I completely get it. But going back to fear, I was like, hey, if he doesn't... If, if he's got some sort of moral belief... That he shouldn't be training with women, I'm I, I'm fine with that. Take like it it's it's with the Prophet Muhammad. 
hey, whatever, man. You know, like it, that's his business. I'm not getting involved in any of that. Now, what but, if he said black people have suffered enough? I just don't want to hurt any. Man, that would be amazing if he came out. It's and just said, like I just can't just see? put pain on these people. <laughs> Did you see the girl ask uh, the Paul Jake Paul? If like, it was, was racist, was it, was what it he racist did? that you knocked him out? Did you I, see that? I didn't click on the video. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> "He's like, that's a stupid question, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Shut up." He got a little <laughs> urban before he answered it, though. But um, I, I know we were talking about good business, bad business, and you know, Furious has got a, a great business that he runs, TriStar. But I, I recently had something happen at my school, and it was like one of those things that if I hadn't been in business for this long. I was like, I wouldn't have, I, it didn't surprise me that this happened, right? So, and I wanted to ask you guys, like, as business owners, what are some of the things that if you were to tell somebody, hey, like, so I'll give you the example so you guys can understand where I'm coming from. I had a woman wanted to come in to bring her kids in. Last week, she told me she's going to bring them in on Friday. So 10 days later, I already knew she's not coming in. I just knew it. And people are like, no, how do you know? She'll come in. She's just busy this week. I go, anybody that's ever come in, has usually come in within that same week if we had time or within three or four days, right? And when I texted the woman, it's like, hey, you got to fill this out. Here's the direction. She's like, oh, I'm not coming in today. Like, I-, I wanted to text back. I knew you weren't coming in today because 10 days ago, like, what? how could you be this busy for 10 days that you can only come in the last, you know, was in Disney the, World. The Friday or 5.15. So s- something similar to that where you're like, yeah, if this person can't come in for two weeks, they're never coming in. Um, that I have a similar experience. Like if somebody is scheduling things a long time out, um, in general, I, I, in general, I, I'm just like, oh, they're probably not going to come. But I right. still, I still I, so I do everything. Like yeah. if they do come in, it's a win. But if they don't, I'm not surprised. And I think we talked about before if someone calls you just asking about like how much does it cost? Yeah, like how much does it cost? And it's like. Uh, do you want to come in and see what it is, or do you just do, want to do know? You want, yeah, you just yeah. shopping on price. Mine is different because everything like scheduling with me, you have to pay. Yeah, that's that's so, the way to do so, it. Right. So, so so I've noticed a huge difference with people. It, the only people that don't show up still are like street guys. You know what I mean? So it's like a street guy. If I tell him, listen, you got to pay three hundred dollars for that day right now in in order to book it. He might pay that three hundred. Forget it. And then yeah, still, and, and still and, not show and up. Still not show up. But it took like I had to start getting understandings with some of those dudes because they would do that, then call me later and still want their day and still want it. Like, bro, I gave you three hundred, and I would have to, you know. But you respected their you respected their day though, right? Their day was put aside for them. Yeah, it's like, listen, bro, I'm not doing that. And then you know when you're dealing with street people, mm-hmm. you know you got to be assertive. Where it's like, listen, man, they're telling you like, no, nah, you owe me, and it's like, listen, I'm not giving it to you. You could come here, talk to me face to face. I can explain it. And once we get a rapport, they'll end up booking again. They end up a pot, like they end up understanding. Like, look, man, you can't you can't do it whenever you want. Because I got customers, bro, that's like super high level street guys that are they're in they're in prison right now. Um, one of the main guys. They wouldn't make an appointment. Those dudes are so unorganized. Mm-hmm. People would come to this studio, be at the door knocking. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I got a, uh, I got a um appointment with Kay. Kay doesn't have an appointment today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he do- like bro, I'm, I'm. It's all kind of dudes outside. Cars pulling up. <laughs> I'm calling Kay. Kay will call me. They'll hand me a phone. He's like, come on, dude, you not let one let me. Come on, bro. I got. 
people recording. Man, fuck them. Tell them I'll pay them. <laughs> I'll pay them triple whatever their uh, studio session is, man. They could get out, man, and then I'll pay you. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, no, because if you waiver for money, you know what I'm saying? It's like, nah. You treat, my... you treat them special? They're always going to want to be like, treated nah. special. And yeah? the thing is, he actually did it like three times, even though... And acted like surprised, like why are you always doing this to me, bro? Like you, it's like because they have no organization whatsoever. Yeah. All right. So see, we we covered. Man, we got a lot. I love running the show, man. Really feels like a tight. Like the show's super tight when I you come like in it, with the construction like paper. Nice and tight, huh? Yeah, you like it when it's nice and tight. No, I was asking you. Oh, I, of course, I do. Okay. Anyway, we've got a bunch of questions. We'll start questions. off with darling Nicolette's question. I'm going to read this very, very long. She said she emailed it, but I, I'm going to read it from the text. So I have a situational question from the team meant from a coach's point of view. Your student is going into the third round of a three-round fight. The first round was razor close. By the second round, you figured out what technique will win your student the fight to make this question simpler. We'll say that weapon is the clinch. The problem is the ref is a super shitty one and not abiding by the legal rules. He's not letting your fighter use that one technique that could clearly win him the fight. In this scenario, he's not letting your fighter clinch, even though the rules say he's allowed to, which happens often with refs, refs that don't know Muay Thai. So my question is, as a coach, what strategy do you adopt going into the last round? Do you tell your fighter to keep trying for that one technique that could win him the fight, or do you throw the whole game plan out because of the shitty ref. Best Miss Hellfish. Um, I would say if uh, if you recognize, you have to deal with sit the situation as it is, not how you want it to be. Right. So if the ref is not abiding by the rules, then you have to adjust your plan. So if like your plan, if you train, doesn't matter if it's you trained eight weeks of just clinch to beat this guy by the clinch, and when you show, because that could happen just you show a fight day and the rules of the fight change. The commission might come in and say, no clinch today. Right, and, and the referee is an objective <clears throat> position, right? Right, you know? or the, but the ref might, no matter how shitty the ref is, you can take that up with them afterwards. Yes. Because really, addressing it during the fight is pretty hard right. to make any changes. Agreed. So you have to um, make the make the adjustment at that moment. Say, all right, now you have to kick him in the head and knock him out. The, like, the coach has to make the yeah. adjustment, yeah. And you know, then the fighter has hopefully would listen to the coach and try. But, you know, it sucks, but... It's the reality of you have to of deal sports. with things. Is the ref doing that because the, like, like you know how some refs try to interject themselves too much into sometimes, the especially with like uh, um, at a kickboxing event, it's weird because you'll have like all right, the first three fights are kickboxing, meaning that uh, there's no clinching involved, right? Only strikes then, above then the waist kind the, of thing. Then maybe the the fourth fight is no, it could be it could be just anything, but there's no clinches and no sweeps. Gotcha. Like no, okay. And then it's Muay Thai. And then the next fight is a Muay Thai fight. So then you can clinch for as you could spend the whole round in the clinch and knee each other and do whatever. And then the fight after that is another kickboxing fight. So like when a lot of the amateur shows, they it'll be like kickboxing, Muay Thai, Muay Thai, kickboxing, Muay Thai, Muay Thai, Muay Thai, kickboxing. So it's like they're changing. So the fight, the ref might just be not know what is going on. He might be confused. He might just be a shitty ref and doesn't even yeah. understand clinch. He might think like, Okay, I can let him clinch for three seconds, and then I have to split him up. Right, like, like a boxing match. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it it could be a number of things, but you just have to recognize what's going on and say, all right, we need to adjust because they're not letting you clinch. You need to you need to do this. Okay, just I'm thinking it was more like you know sometimes when you're watching UFC or one or anything, and 
somebody will be like, yo, he's a grappler or he's this. And then the the ref takes him out of that position yeah. prematurely. Yeah. Like, bro, they're still working. They're moving. They're right. not like. Yeah, but you, the referee doesn't. Like, we know as fans that, you know, Cron Gracie's amazing on the ground. But this dude's like, yeah, I'm hearing the booze. Yeah. Right? Let's stand them up. So I, I agree with you. I think the the at that point the the coach has to address how to win under the circumstance, not try to force the strategy on the guy and win that way and then wind up losing. I would say in between rounds, maybe make an attempt to like ask the ref, be like, hey ref, you know this is Muay Thai, they can clinch for whatever. But it's most likely not going to work. Or so low blow them on purpose so that while the ref uh, takes you to the side to scold you, you say, you do know we're allowed to clinch. This is the rule set yeah. of this fight yeah. so that you could get that one-on-one time. Like, you're, this the wrong rules, bro. Yeah. You still can't hit in the dick, though. No, That's no. The, but you got to yeah, take yeah, the yeah, point yeah, yeah, yeah. so that I can talk to you for that one second while he's yelling at me. Or like, you, you just, know we could clinch, right? Or you just spit your mouthpiece out. Rather than hit him low blow, just spit your mouthpiece no, out. No, no, you might as well get that. Yeah, yeah, right? You might as well get that. Shot in the balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we have a couple more questions. She slay has been killing it with the. Sorry, number one. I think our number one listener. Yeah, yes, she is. She sure is. Uh, Ryan Hall ever going to get another UFC fight? Should he go to one instead? I think he'd have a a lot easier time getting it in one, but he'll. I think he'll get another UFC fight. Yeah, I don't see. I don't see why not. I mean, he's not like people don't want to fight him though. It's like you think. Yeah, people are they turning down fights with him? Mm -hmm. A lot of people are because he's him like a cat playing with his keys and shit. Yeah, right. Making it get. Yeah, people are. He's another guy. He's like people don't know who he is. He can make. He can submit you in like ten seconds. He submitted most. You know, like so. There's people. I think people don't want to risk. Like if you're, you know, top ten, you don't want to risk your spot to lose to a guy that's not even that's not in the top ten. You know what I mean? but if you like, who looks at Ryan Hall and is like, oh, he's a scary yeah, I mean, guy? You don't look at him physically and think that. Yeah. But if you if you've seen him fight, no, I, I then, agreed. Then you know that's but, that's the other thing. It's like you don't want to be known as the guy that lost to the like. If you have to say to like the nerd, you have to explain to your uh, your uncle at Christmas like who beat you, and you're like it was this guy, and they show a picture of Ryan Hall, then they're like, so like with a guy like Tokino, I would I like he looked and he destroyed people's legs, and you're gonna understand why people didn't want to fight him. But he like I would think that people in that division look at Ryan Hall and be like, oh, man, he doesn't not the it's greatest not really striker. Ups, there's no upside to beating him though. Okay, you know, like if you're top ten, there's no upside to fighting Ryan Hall because he's got a good chance of beating you. And if you he's beat an awkward him, style. It, does, it doesn't do much for you if you win. Gotcha. You know. So what about you, Dev? What do you think of Ryan Hall? I think he's like the uh, dude that Charles School that has the kettlebells and shit like that all the time. That beats my ass, little Spider Man guy. Kettlebells. Are you talking about Zach? Leg lock guy? No. No, the dude that works out in between fighting people. Oh, stop, Santini. Oh. He's talking about Santini. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Who's living? What's he living in? Tennessee now? Tennessee. He's at Vanderbilt University. Very good. Oh, yeah. for real? Yeah, yeah. He moved. He moved. Him oh. and his lady. Holy shit. Yeah, All right. Spider-Man. Gotcha. <laughs> Next question from Sheeslay. BJJ turning into MMA slash boxing with stare downs, trash talk versus being its own thing? Question mark. I think the spectator sport of grappling in Brazilian jiu-jitsu needs build-up and needs lead-up. That's why you have the things that you have now. Ryan, uh, Gordon Ryan wouldn't be a wealthy young man if he didn't turn the heel and talk shit to people on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and make himself one of the most hated dudes around because as many people, and the same thing happened to Floyd Mayweather, Half of the people want to see him win. 
The other half want to see him lose because he's a douche. And he's and the guys that are selling themselves are making the money. They're making money when they compete. They're making money on DVDs and stuff. And the bigger, I think it like people that really like grappling, they don't care about that stuff. But they're not the, going to get caught the, up in it. The goal is to to interest people that aren't like you know jujitsu nuts that want to just train all the time and like what you know. So in order to get those people to watch, you kind of have to have a little bit of spectacle and a build up to a match. Um, so it's in the long run, it's good. It's just annoying if you just want to see people grapple. Fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it works in everything, right? Colby Covington did it too. Yeah, yeah. Now it works across. I mean, Floyd Mayweather became the most. You see, successful like, I'm sure you see it. And is there like podcast beefs? Like people will talk shit on other podcasts to yeah. get like. I mean, I think that's. I think that part's ruining mm-hmm. podcasting. I think it's. I think it's trash. Actually, do we need to beef with anybody? No. Okay. No, but that I, I think it's necessary for for fights the same way fighters sometimes are necessary to create an enemy in their head. In but order you're also to fight about, the like guy. like in a podcast. I don't get the sense. I don't understand beefing unless there's a real issue well i'm saying like to if you wanted to build up like so let's say you wanted to get us like more listens and you were like that would be impossible fucking guys on ninja rob no think it that, works 100 and, and that gets like like these guys on ninja rob were talking shit on me and my show and then like a bunch of your people go what did they say so and they what happens is it starts from opinions so if we're talking about police issues mm-hmm. and you have a different opinion and i'm on my show and i'm like uh, and I watch your show and you say something and it's just like, I just want to first off say that I don't agree at all with what Tim Carpenter said on fucking Ninja Rob podcast. He's a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then go on a rant about sounds, you. Sounds like that's me. How, that's how that takes yeah. place. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't really. We have podcast but, beef on the show. <laughs> between, <laughs> between hosts. But uh, yeah, but I understand almost even in like, I understand in rap because there's, there's the idea of rap battles. And there's a competitive side to it, right? With podcasting, I don't like whatever, dude. You know, like we're here to talk, have fun. I don't need to beef with anybody unless there's an actual real world problem. I don't want to. Hey, you don't like what I said? Cool, awesome. Listen anyway. Don't listen. None like, of it's going to happen with politics or anything that people give their opinions on. Right. The difference is when you go on your podcast, there's no one. You can't lose a debate yeah. when on yours. So you get to say everything you say. Then I go and make my tape back it's not like you can show me up right there now the problem is when you sit those people there if they to fix real podcast beef it would be like yeah once you start beefing with a podcast there's a new law where you guys have to be on one show together and now you're arguing face to face and now you see who's the internet tough guys are great that's actually a good idea for a podcast yeah you just bring in two people that have podcast beef like all right you guys talk but they on my podcast but they only (laughs) the only way they they end it is they do a slap battle no no, 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 no. That'll lead, that'll lead to a bullet battle. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Moving on to another She Slay question. Do you think BJJ would be uh, would be more popular if more rules prevented stalling positions? So I think more rules is what we need less rules, maybe. No. And, and they've tried. Like, I think they've almost exhausted rule sets. So it doesn't matter what you do, what rules or, or lack of rules that you put in place to try to make things exciting and the more you try to do stuff the worse it gets but like ebi was is pretty boring to watch there's no takedowns guys just kind of sit they wrestle with each other's legs for a while and then they go into overtimes like a good amount of the matches end up in overtime right so like even if you take almost all rules out 
it becomes pretty boring. Right. You know? I think it, it's the individual grappler, right? Like Gordon Ryan is going to submit people in any rule set you put them in. Yeah. Right? Unless submissions are illegal. Craig Jones is going to submit a high level of people. The guys that go after the finish are going to get the finish because they, they're they going to figure out a way to deal with the stall. Another the, question. Yes, sir. guys are most popular, too. Yeah. Um, what percentage do you think of people that watch, um, like, flow grappling don't train at all? Hardly any. But I that's, would say, that's, so, yeah, 97% so that's, are, are practitioners that's or why, former practitioners. That's why it'll never be. Well, that's, that's what their, their goal is to try. It. And like, uh, Gordon Ryan said it. He's like, the goal is to get people that aren't training jiu-jitsu to watch jiu-jitsu. Donaher is pushing this. It's impossible. Impossible. Anything that does not involve striking, punching people. Not slap. That slap jitsu shit's not going to work. You got to <laughs> punch people to make regular people. I agree. So we something. could all sit down and watch any sport that we've ne- that we've never been involved in. I've never raced a car, but we could sit down and watch car racing and be like, okay, I get what's going to happen here and what, what they're doing. They're steering. They're going to get uh, cricket. All right, they're hitting the thing, blah, blah, blah. Right, baseball, hockey. We could Skate, sit and watch Skateboarding. It. Skateboarding, right? Ski we could jumping. Watch. But when we watch grappling, man, if you don't understand wrestling, judo, jiu-jitsu, you think they're rolling sambo, around on the floor, like, bro. What the hell are they doing? Like, I, I would have a hard time somebody that's not a grappling or connected to grappling, like a parent, right? Yeah. A cousin, an uncle. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't you know. You can get a guy that plays a video game to start watching it. To watch, yeah. So think about where grappling is now. Like when we were kids, nobody knew grappling at all. Like it was like there was wrestling, but there was no idea of grappling, grappling. So now you have video games getting people interested in grappling. So if a kid can push buttons and make guys do it, so that you have a bunch of kids that don't train playing UFC, right? Mm-hmm. So then they can, if they really like the grappling part of UFC, then they're like, oh, I wonder if there's any, you know, then they might see it. Or just people that watch the UFC but don't train, they can be intrigued by the grappling. And then if somehow, if there's a, if there's somebody that can market it and get it in front of people. So I would be interested to see like what the UFC fight pass numbers are for like EBI and Polaris. So the, and so the only way possible, take the UFCs, they, and they would have to basically do this in a sense of like, um, we want to promote this thing so bad. You would have to take the UFC's grapplers, people that do that, and have some events where these superstars mm-hmm. are like, Conor McGregor is going to be grappling against somebody in order. They're doing that with Conor McGregor, but they're doing that with some guys. So, so, and this leads into this other question, right? And we could talk about this, right? Is uh, thoughts on flows? Who's number one show? Last night, Adolfo Vieira, who fights in the UFC, competed in this event, right? So the UFC does let guys do these things, but what I think to you, to your point is. The UFC would maybe likely need to put on a who's number one event within a pay per view or on ESPN. And say, hey guys, and make sure you see uh, Hadolfo Vieira grappling, doing his you need the a, sport you need that a he superstar. Start. Yeah, you and need a, a superstar. He could, I mean, Hadolfo could become a superstar at some point. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but like, um, and that's like everything is still like the UFC is in its infancy. Grappling is in its infancy. I think it's a bit past its infancy. Uh, I don't know. I think you still twenty five years. It's 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 not matured, but it's no longer a what baby. Is box like so, boxing has been around for how long? Like how long has wrestling been around? 
But I mean, mixed martial arts kind of in its entire. But I get, I get what you're saying. Like but, the, um, the biggest threat to UFC right now is the same the biggest threat to boxing, and that's celebrity boxing. Celebrity boxing. Oh, like the Logan Paul stuff. One people are people are primitive. They just want to see people punching, and then if they know that, and people it's easy punching, to understand. So I, I would, I wouldn't, I don't think you'll ever see grappling overtake boxing or UFC. No, you, you need, a, you need a very educated fan for grappling, and, and and you're saying the UFC game is educating people, right? Right. The and, UFC in general, like, so the UFC is already um, on Fight Pass. They have tons of submission grap. They have Chael Sonnen submission underground. Yes, Quintet. I believe they Quintet, carry. They have Polaris and they have EBI. EBI. Yeah. So they, they there's combat jujitsu on the there UFC. Too? Yeah. The UFC recognizes that. All right, this this is a growing. Yeah, they recognize market. it, but they also need to fill their content up. That's all they're doing. They're filling it with bullshit. I'm, right. I'm, I'm keeping yeah, it real yeah, for yeah. them. They're filling it with bullshit because they have to explain why, why they the charge fight you twelve pass, bucks an hour because or twelve of, bucks a month. Because Fight Pass used to be something different, mm -hmm. and then they start making deals with other companies ESPN, like ESPN, yeah. and now it's like, hold on, everything that was in my Fight Pass is now on the ESPN app, and now they added like they got. They're going to have fucking WWE on that shit eventually so, or some well, shit, bro. Well, like, they've got all this other shit on right. there. But, I, yeah, I think it's going to be difficult for it to be to go to a wider audience. I think they, I what think they can do is, to, is like, make the audience wider, but it's not going to capture They need Brian Ortega. They need people like that, bro. People that the girls are fucking with. Well, they, this is the thing. So let's say, let's hypothetically, let's say Hadolfo Vieira was the UFC champion, and he's known because he submits everybody. Right. And then he competes, and it's a big story, like, all right, the UFC champion's competing in this event, and he gets submitted. And he gets submitted in two minutes by a guy that you never heard of. That could be people are like who? Yeah, he's a Jiu-Jitsu guy. But then there's another yeah, guy that right, 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 it right. needs yeah. to be Khabib. Yeah, they, uh, this is what I'm saying. People will about, like, watch Khabib, bro. They'll watch Khabib right now yeah. in a in a yeah. so, <laughs> anything. Did you watch who's number one last night? Some of it, yeah. Yeah. So which one matches did you watch? I watched Rotolo. Which uh, okay, Cody Steel. Uh, that one, one of them, right? Yeah. Then I was because that's the one match I didn't watch. Lost by heel hook. Yes. Rotolo heel hooked him. I watched, uh, I didn't watch uh, Jimenez and. I watched that match. Was, and Jimenez was very impressive. I like both those guys. Yeah, but both Jimenez looked like the way better grappler in that yeah. match. Yeah. Um, and then I watched the the main event. Did you watch Grace Gundrum? No. No, she lost. She lost. It was the first time that kid she's lost a match in, in years, whatever. Uh, so. Adolfo Vieira, Vieira competed last night in who's number one. You didn't hear anything out of the UFC about that, right? That he's competing. He got, and it looked almost sad how easily Kanan beat him. It was like, took him, took his back and choked his face yeah. in under two and a half minutes. And Adolfo Vieira could be a guy where you're like, man, from a jiu-jitsu pedigree standpoint, he's 180cc. He's won the worlds. Like he's, we were talking about it the other week. Amazing. Like I was unbelievably impressed with how Kanan just handled he was, it. He was one of the the goats of jujitsu. Yeah, I guess he I, still is a goat, but he's he was the best guy around for a long time. But he's been in a he's been competing in a different sport for the last agreed. Like five but years. Did, did did his baseline get that much? Do you know what I'm saying? Did these new guys get that much better, or was this well, just think, like happens? I think both. I think the sport has to a certain extent passed them by, and. um it's a rule set he's never done before. Okay. It's um and he's been training MMA. It's it's like the grappling you use for MMA is a lot different than Agreed. the grappling you do. But it was still grappling. I, who could you have predicted I didn't that he think would have got no, three minutes? I, think, I don't know. Didn't we predict last week I thought he was gonna win? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um no, I I didn't think it would be just a 
slide by to the back and then a rear naked choke. But like, so the question is, she's. I think who's number one is a cool event, especially for jujitsu awesome. people. I always like Metamoris. I like DBIs. I, I like think that it's a kind cool name too. Yeah, you didn't watch Kennedy Massiel versus. Oh, I did watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What'd you think of that match? That went how I thought it would. I. It was super interesting to see um, Freakazoid get into a lot of these leg lock positions and that not be able to do anything with them. Like get into them really well, but not finish them really. I think well. that's like you see that to a good extent. But get, he got that. into some tight, yeah, yeah. like but really that, good positions. But I think now I think a, people have learned the leg locks enough where they're most high level guys are very comfortable in those positions now. Yeah. Um, so our our feelings on who num who's number one, I think it's a great event. I think all the, those events are fucking I like win. that it's it's submission only, but they make a decision. They, yes, they're they're yeah. still a winner. Steven Plyler sends in a question. What are your thoughts on music in class? No music, only clean music, or anything goes? TC. Always music. Always music, okay. Um, and I, I mean, I turn it up and down. Like when rolling starts, it goes up yeah. like louder. During class, it's kind of always in the background. Um, like I, I turn it down when I teach, and then I turn it back up when people start drilling. Just a little bit though, just like you know, gotcha. like elevator music. Yeah. So I have uh, Bill Bell, the real Bill Bell, has put on like I don't know what Spotify channel he has on, but it's like mood music, mm -hmm. not like super aggressive, but it lowers. I'm like, oh man. One day I didn't have it on. I'm like, hey, it feels really? weird. Like if you're used to training with music and there's no music, it's it's a little weird. Yeah. Sundays when we do open mat, it's always old school, usually old school hip hop, uh, the stuff that I like and that's all I care about listening to. In class, some music at a while especially while teaching can't be overrunning the class but i think you know yeah does I, it make um, a difference to you dev music in class not in class i, I mean i don't hear the stuff that i like in in, in there anyway what it's like marco please well you haven't been there in a while yeah but marco mm. plays like mm. old school yeah that's true but marco plays like stuff that i grew up with and yeah. shit is like public enemy and shit like that guru yes and things like great that. stuff but it's different when you listen to like dmx like when i so when i when i would be heading there i'm listening to dmx trying to get like pumped up and dmx is some of the best like pump up music that exists yeah, yeah. like i listen to that and then i walk in there and it's just like uh bonita apple bomb <laughs> <laughs> but i do uh so i try to always like with the kids class i always have music on okay with, with kids if it's like you know kids class without anything kind of like stimulating right. it's kind of annoying it's it's sad so yeah I, I like i like music i like playing hip-hop when we're rolling i like whatever i'm not sure what music bill puts on when i'm teaching but whatever that is i like it with the kids class i try to always do clean music <laughs> no. so i always put on like on, i have a pandora thing so i put like pop fitness radio gotcha so just, okay yeah, but then like fun. today i it was a we did the kids wrestling club today and i put on metallica and like a, it was like a tool song so, something with like the f word was might, not, might not have been appropriate but, but, well, at least most of the words are actually um what do you call that not audible Right, right, yeah, right. yeah, and rock and uh, rock. Music. The kids like, didn't notice. Who's one of the greatest bands of all time? We got two, two more questions. One of them is, do you know who Purple Mountains is? No. Yeah, so I don't. It's some sort of music guy. You. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I'm just, I'm stoked that he likes the podcast, and he does music, and I don't. I think he's out. Might be out of Miami. Whatever. He goes. How much did you get paid to be an American History X? <laughs> talking. I'm clearly talking to Tim. Yes. Yeah, it was on my uh, thing. Um, how much that I, I don't I don't appreciate that. Hey, man, we who, can remake who, who, that who movie, man. This guy is. What? Yeah, I don't know. But, but how many, you, not enough, I guess is the answer. Yeah, not nearly enough. Not Great nearly film. Enough. Yeah, awesome um, film. Yeah, I don't, I don't 
I don't know. And I, I, first of all, Purple Mountains, it's not funny. Like saying that. It's hilarious. Yeah, it actually. Nah, nah, nah. It's I can see you saying bite the bite the curb. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I mean, he's referencing Dev. Maybe he thinks Dev was in the movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. And I, you, I you said uh, Steve Wilson. Uh, oh yeah, Hellfish, Steve Wilson's question. Hellfish Black Belt. Se se several weeks ago yeah. was uh, what is the best KO slam in history? I like the way he prefaces with KO slam because I have a favorite slam. Favorite slam is Fedor. Favorite slam is Fedor getting slammed by Kevin Randleman on his neck, which I still don't believe that he, I don't know how he's not paralyzed, <laughs> but my favorite KO slam of all time is Quentin Jackson, Ricardo Arona, triangle choke, slam, partial headbutt. That, that was un, undoubtedly the best slam. Yeah. Because he, he picked him up. Like he Ar weighed Arona was nothing. like, was probably 12 feet in the air. Crazy. And came down directly on the back of his head. Like that was, there was so much like whip and momentum coming down. So normally a slam is from like, you know, chest height down this was arona's head was three or four feet up above it was a power bomb Jack, yes yeah, that, basically that, yeah. that was a power bomb yeah how about yeah. so is that your favorite as well yeah do you have a favorite ko I mean, slam I, because yeah. i watched it in real time like instead of like watching like highlights of old slams and shit that i saw like recently i mean i watched rose nama Yunus. Um, oh yeah that, he, that that looked like a neck was that breaker. jessica andraj is that who did it to her she didn't get knocked out though it was a tko from punches after that oh shit you sure, yeah. bro? I'm, I thought that was I'm like almost a neck. positive. Uh, uh, she landed on her neck and then just like uh, laid there and then she got punched. Oh, uh, okay. But the punch, it had it not been for that slam. I don't think she was unconscious, though. That's the thing. It's like the slam didn't put her out. She was just like, I gotta, we have to watch it again. Yeah, I but that's, it. I mean, that's a great slam. The um, I thought the one last week, uh, Wyman? Yeah, Wyman getting slammed by that guy. It wasn't as dramatic because it wasn't the height, but like because there was no crowd. You heard just the dead thud, and then the guy. I don't know. I was then, I was not that like you guys sent it to me. I was like, oh, it's, it's, it was uh, mostly the fact that like you see it like as he's like being picked up in the air and walked across the ring. Wyman has a smile on his face, like he's gonna be fine. When he gets slammed, his eyes are crossed, and he's like completely stiff. So it was yeah. Like, and then the UFC slammed him by cutting him. Did they really? Yeah. <laughs> the double slam. Yeah. So that's what makes it maybe the best slam of all time. Yeah. He got slammed and then fired. <laughs> that has to be a really bad. Like we're laughing. That's I'm the, getting cut from the it. UFC. No, no, I'm just no, thinking no, about it. Because, because, it, because it's them. Yeah, yeah, if it was no, us, it would No, I get terrible. it. I just start yeah. thinking about that. Like, that has to be the It's like the opposite of when you got your 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 contract to go into the UFC. Yes. It's like the feeling of, like, they're done with me. Yep. Man. Yeah. It's like getting dumped. Worse. Yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> Peace. Tim and I would like to thank our sound engineer and studio owner, Devin Wade, for always doing a great job with, with the sound, but also the beautiful facility that we get to use here at SFX Studios. We'd also like to thank Eddie Lynn, who takes and donates his time to the podcast to do all the, um, the video editing and everything you see on our social media. So really appreciate that from Eddie Lynn. And we'd also like to thank our friend Ralphie Darden, a.k.a. DJ Major Taylor, who gave us uh, the original music that we used. So uh, you're welcome, Tim. For and almost me. just as importantly as everybody else that he mentioned, we would like to thank all of our listeners that submitted questions. This is the Ninja Rock Podcast with Marco Perazzo and Tim Carpenter. The podcast for the true martial artist.